chain fade as women find new homes. No one in town knew what that meant, specifically for each one in town, yet somehow they were able to see as the homeless woman leaned against the well with one palm along the mortar and strangely transformed as she stared at the home she had begun to do something other than occupy. The color of her eyes recognizable only as she became a peasant. A beautiful one, not because of the trip of her garb, but because something so wholly different had begun to fill out in something like a presence. Though, it was the 43-year-old hedgehog that, rolling onto its side and picking itself up, languidly filled out her embodiment. It passed like clouds that day, her lamenting face finding posture with an assurance even in the slide of her moment. Pulses in the way lines dissipate across the skin as a tree sighs out and the colors of the pulse along its roots change. All the eyes, oddly and with a frustration of absurdity and perfectly perfect parable timing, changing to the same color at the same time. Blue gives Guy a look of bored agreement. A frustrated reply as the pulses in her body fall away, leaving her hollow. Looking out upon the river, her skin transparent as a summer night in her eyes with an emptiness behind them that made her sense no sight. The hollowness inside her feeling nothing as she looks on the horizon. An emptiness so familiar to her that she simply sat, waiting while Guy spoke on. Cursing her own hands in the darkest words were all she could find, knowing that the hollowness of her body only made the density of her skin increase and that not even the brightest pulse would be able to seep back into her body. Knowing that Guy knew they would have even if she could not see it and so he did not lift a finger, not even one. He only blamed her when the pulses went around her body and would not heed to his soma. Not really angry with her, but something inside reminded him that he was too bored and the tension of her lifeless form called only anger within him as he was helpless to do anything that could help. The Crucible, Un Secreto La Nazionale. Guy begins to read off words he can see spinning on the wool sidewalk. They do not seem to have a rhyme or harmony, but that's not the point. It seems as if he's taken over Blue's trance state. However, he is watching both their somas. The only thing he can think to do that calms both him. It is also the only thing stirring within Blue. Almost like homonyms, 
because not always do pulses run through the body like veins. There are times where the soma repels like the divergence of magnets holding to the most delicate flowers, almost mythical, and yet it is to protect the flower that even the most pure and accepting souls would turn pulses away in the night. Even darker than Everest, only then is there no danger about. And not even to quell the heart, but not to return anything from the mind that the city has already seen to be loved. A haunting most careful, not even to deny the world of others before their time is due to let go. and holding her hand, as if even in her stillness Guy can sense that if he does not grasp firmly to her, she might forget to see his soma. As hollow as the horizon could seem, if only one, she needed to see clearly what was soma and what was not. The small attenuation of energy notices blue different feelings of the words. First, as a guy might be trying to communicate to her, then as the words recede and the energy brings a warmth to the inside of her body, the hollow feeling begins to soften her heart and breath. Guy shifts his energy as he does the pulses that left Blue's body blanket out over the city. It is careful what they do. Movement by movement, neither interrupt the soma of the other, nor catch, nor hold, nor push, nor pull, nor even a moment when their somas are moving together as if to separate and pounder. Describable only to them, and only as they are able to see their soma as the city around them sends pulse and plant-like shifts of energy toward, around, and having nothing to do with them. Though not to disregard them, they found only each other's somas as they asked each other the meanings of the movements they took for each other, and the quiet warmth as sensation began to move within Blue's body again. Pulses getting closer to her body as her skin softens with a slight glance she takes. The only movement of her body as she holds safe a particle of energy. Realizing the connection between his bodying and his soma, she shrinks her energy a bit as if waking to a moment, having not to meant to interrupt his expression. Mostly, realizing the state she is in and what it means for what he is doing. She withdraws her energy further, as close as she is able to her body, at first as if a shield to keep the intensity of the energy inside her from spilling past the borders of her skin. 
As his energy begins to take heed of hers as if a warning or display of fear, it drops and begins to rush inward toward the center of his body as if to pull on the air around it. Seeing this, Blue uncomfortably extends a bit of her soma towards his attempting only to break the tension and less the anxiety of his wanting to calm while not making contact with her soma and body. Words moving around inside them both. They hear only each other as if to be haunted by every negative word that had been spoken to either of them, making them both feel mad as what they were to do to know what the words meant for both themselves and the other. Even in being able to see the movement of their spin inside their soma, they could not understand the full meaning before they passed their lips. Blackbirds sing to a hound howling like matching violins careening in wool spin. Heart, passionate with a call in search of a goose as if yearning, swoop and gather in a field near the edge of a sand pit. They separate with yowl and yawn, bringing together what they caught in the air as they land softly on the bough of aspen trees. Howls continue, a leaf swept in the current of a river, too soft and subtle to be leaving anything. Soft as ever could be and pinching every silent flutter in the forest near the butterfly sanctuary, as if the roots themselves were to be calling the hound to slumber. As the blackbird solemn with leaf incendiary as it appears and disappears upon the surface of the water, a green katydid for the vining sorrel. But not without the night before, a cacophony of fall-colored leaves, hitting the downbeat of all it could want to be, to look like waiting while offering the town a few moments of breath before passageway. An organization of pulses which so commingled might find bereft even the softest of leaf. What kind of vining could it be but for the blackbirds to be heard, ever not often, especially when pulse carries well plainly, like gathering bouquets, shifting logs. Only twelve years later to be noticed, even without time. The yellow ancient watched from their plotting unit as sand turned into crude oil as it fell down a staircase, stricken and minding the way lines. Not a muscle moved, barely even to breathe. Auburn hair of a crimson ancient flows upon the flocked gown of a celestial body. To believe a flamingo, when it was walking backwards, is to see a star lied excoriate into a thousand apartment complexes. All speckled like the star itself could shine the whole city alive and still wait as if it were not fading.
If it were cold, it would not be the plants that would grow. Only a small bucket, never been. Not because of what starlight could not hold, but because a bin, not bigger inside than out, might hold what it deserves to hold. And two for sweet Starla, who can see the flamingo's beak even when it is walking backwards and writes sonnets where no words can go. Never once offended and never once offended upon, waiting for the night to call its own moonlight from the sun. Guy says to Blue as the little girl with black hair walks brazen upon the bridge's ledge. Wait. Do not let her go. Blue places one finger down on a way line. All pulses gone as a spark lights under the little girl's heel. The woman from Troy was into macro economics. Don't call her Nano. You've had enough of that. She was not there when the tide washed in. She was along the coast holding an African stork with peppered eyelashes. Into the funnel you went. It was full enough for you with every lemon pulled. Sparrow finding truth. Lightning strikes the sand on the beach outside the sea. A piece of glass. Sonnet. Grasslands Without Time is written and produced by Kate Madera, with artwork by Rachel Amber Longo, and music by Human Nature. Have a Sudoist Nayar time. <laughs>